Hey ladies, welcome to the Looking Above podcast. It's easy to get bogged down in details of everyday life. If we aren't intentional, our eyes can easily be pulled away from the Lord and we can set our gaze on things of earth. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My name is Karen Boffman and I'm the women's pastor at New Life Church in Gillette, Wyoming. I believe that our perspective changes everything. So together, we'll be looking above. Hey there, welcome back to Looking Above. This is episode 42. I'm Karen, I'm here with Brooklyn, and we are in our season of rest. Yes. <laughs> season of rest. So, um, Brooklyn. Yes. We Karen. are gonna, <laughs> we're gonna try and do more of less topical and more scripture this season. Yeah, we are. And just uh, looking at what God has to say about rest. So where are we going to, where are we going to land today? So today we're going to land in Matthew, Mm -hmm. specifically in chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Mm -hmm. So if you want to open up your Bible or your Bible app, Mm -hmm. that's where we're going to be. Absolutely. I think it would be a good choice to get your your Bible out, get a pen out. You might want to make a few notes. Um, This might feel a little more teachy, but... Our end hope is that in better understanding these verses, that we will better live these verses. So um, do you want to read this passage for us? I will. Also, if I sound like more manly, it's because I've been sick this week. So I just want to preface. <laughs> okay. So in 28 it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Mm. I just want to um, slouch in my chair and take like real deep breaths for a few minutes when (laughs) I read that like, yeah, okay. Like it just is a calming passage. And it's one that most of us have probably heard, probably heard sermons on. And that's why it's really easy to skip over or to not actually internalize and digest, Mm -hmm. digest Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. When something becomes common, we ignore it. Mm -hmm. And... So we want to break this verse down and take a real deep dive into it, kind of go phrase by phrase here and just talk about what Jesus is saying and what the implications are for us and then how we do apply this and how we do live this out. So he starts with this, with the who. Um, I'm going to start with the who. I know it actually starts with come to me, but he says, come to me who? All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. So let's start by saying, who is this talking to? Who is this verse for? It's for everybody. It is. Yeah. It is for everybody. And I think it's really important, all of us who are listening, that we grasp that. That we take a moment 
And it is very easy for, you know, us to look at scripture and say, oh, yeah, it's this blanket statement for God so loved the world. Like that's everybody. And it doesn't feel personal sometimes. And I think it's really important for us to just stop here. All of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, all of us to stop here. And Jesus is speaking to you personalize it take it in yes yes come to me karen who is weary and (laughs) carries heavy burdens come to me brooklyn Mm -hmm. who is weary and carries heavy burdens put your name in there just take a moment with that he is talking to you and when he's saying these words weary and carry heavy burdens we need to understand, and this is something that I have not heard taught before. We were, you know, we were just discussing mm-hmm. this. I haven't really heard this distinction, but who are weary and carry heavy burdens, depending on the tra- your translation, it might say who labor and are carrying heavy burdens, something like that. But the, the weary part has to do with toiling. It has to do with laboring or working until we're worn out. So that first word there has to do with our active stressors, our active burdens, our active, the things that we're doing that are actually making us weary. So we've got this active weariness, right? Like I work and I work and I work and then I go home and I work at home and I'm just doing, doing, doing. And so I am physically being worn out from the stress of all of the work that I'm doing. So there's that physical worn out or weariness. And then the second part is this carry heavy burdens. And that sounds like it's again, physical, but Mm -hmm. it's not. This is actually more of a mental or emotional burden. And it's when we overload someone or cause someone to be weighed down um, by all of just the mental anguish or the teachings. And so some of us We might work, so if we apply this spiritually, right? I'm working, working, working to do what is good, to do what is right, to do what is holy. We have this weariness from working for the Lord and for working, trying to do the right thing. But then we have this mental or emotional weariness, burden that we carry of, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I didn't do enough. Oh, and like the the things that our brain is telling us about, this is what I should do. We have that inner monologue, maybe, so to speak. And for some of us, it's stronger than others. But this always feeling like I need to do, I have this inner turmoil of never being righteous enough, never doing enough. So whether it's spiritual or whether it's in the world, right, maybe the world is telling us we have to do all these things. And so we are mom guilt. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, oh, man, I wasn't a good enough mom today. And so we just we have this mental burden that we carry too. Talk to me for a minute about that. Like, how does that just that distinction impact you? What do you think when you hear those two words distinguished as separate things? Um, That makes so much sense to me. (laughs) When (laughs) we were talking about this, I've actually Mm -hmm. been dealing more with the inner turmoil than the um, outer carrying weary Mm -hmm. weariness Mm -hmm. Um, because I do perform And I mean that as in like, I will try to check all the boxes off the list. Mm -hmm. And then I relate to God by how I am performing, how if I read my Bible this morning, if I said the right thing, if I'm going to all the right Mm -hmm. 
groups or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And when I can't do that, <laughs> right. because we are all sinners and we all will fail, I will feel like I'm not good enough for God. Right. And then I push myself away or I feel shame. And then it's a cycle and I do it over and over and over mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. Right. right. So that sometimes tor- that, that, that weariness totally makes sense. Yeah. It's even heavier. And it physical. does, like you said, go into the world part too, because there's days where I worked from home this week during this, the lovely snow day. <laughs> and I was telling Karen, I was trying to be a mom and I was trying to work and I was getting frustrated at my daughter because she wouldn't stop needing me, which she's five. <laughs> and then I was doing a bad job at my work and I was just like, nothing I was doing was being well done. And I felt bad. I felt right. shame about you it. Had that mental burden. So I had that mental burden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, so it can go both ways. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. We do have that, um, the, both of those. And that's where, again, it goes back to all, all of us feel mm-hmm. this, all of us know what it's like. And, you know, scripture tells us that work is good, but there's a place in work where we're, where our work becomes toil, where right. it becomes hard, where we're overdoing it or overextending ourselves or not ever getting the break, whatever it is, where our work becomes wearying, mm-hmm. what we're doing becomes wearying. So we've all felt that, but we've all also felt this inner battle of this mental I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. I should have done that better. And it just wears us down. So now we're going to just step back to right B for that, right? So Mm -hmm. all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, this is all of us. What are we supposed to do? It says, come to me. What does this mean? What, (laughs) you know, what, how do we come to Jesus? And I think this is hard for those of us who are very literal people mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm like, okay, well I can come to you. I can come visit you, Brooklyn, but how do I, I come walk to Jesus? <laughs> right, yeah. Right. How do I come to Jesus? And it really boils down to relationship and trust and faith. And so for a lot of us, we have come to Jesus. And Which is making the decision to follow him. Is that what right, you're saying? Right. Yeah. We have come to him. We have said, okay, Jesus, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm putting my trust in you for, there is a part of that. I think that is active that we continually do that. We continually come to him and say, in this moment, I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm going to put my faith in you in the midst of these burdens and weary toil that I'm doing. But it's also this idea of just like, we need to be in relationship with him. That's what he's saying. So it's not just that initial act of I'm choosing to follow you. It's a right. continual relationship. Right. It is. It is. And it's, do we want to be in relationship with him or are we going to keep living life on our own in the world in with all this weariness and burden, all of that? Um, and you need trust in a relationship. Right. And I know you said that it's about having a relationship and trust Mm -hmm. with him, but Mm -hmm. you need to have trust within your relationship so that you can trust him with those heavy burdens. Yeah. But how do you trust someone without knowing them or spending time with them? And think about like a little kid, right? And they get their feelings hurt or they fall and scrape their knee and they run to mom and they sit in her lap. Why is that? 
Because they trust her. Right. And they want her right. to help them. Yeah. 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 And so it's, th- it's that idea. It's like just being able to say, okay, Jesus, like I'm running to you. I'm sitting in your lap. I am feeling weary and heavy burdened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like life is too much. And some of that might be my fault, but I don't know what to do. And so I'm going to come to you right now because I trust you to help me out. What's he going to do? That's, uh, you know, the next step here is what will he do in this moment? It says, come to me. And then at the end of verse 28, and I will give you rest. So what is he promising? I actually want to skip this. Okay. Let's do it. (laughs) No, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to this. We will come back to this. Let's uh, take the next step. So after we come to him, what is next? What do we do next? We take his yoke. We take his yoke. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds weird. It does sound weird. (laughs) What does that mean? Like, what is a... What is a yoke? Well, Karen had a great sermon on this at one point. (laughs) Um, And if you missed it, you missed a really great image of... (laughs) It was a long time ago. (laughs) Her yoked to an oxen. Her head was on an oxen's body. And then Jesus's face was on the other oxen. Yes. Jesus and I were yoked together. Yes. So Um, tell us what is a yoke? Yeah. So a yoke... Right. When we when Jesus is talking, he's, of course, talking to people in his time period Mm -hmm. who this would have been a common phrase and a common image for them. They would know what it looks like to have two cows out there in the field yoked together. The yoke is that big wooden frame that sits across their shoulders and it binds them to their burden. It binds them to the work that they're going to be doing, right? The plow or whatever is tethered behind them. So it's the thing that's like holding them fast to their burden. Now, in this time period, the other way that this phrase yoke was used was to be used of the rabbis or the teachers of this day would have a yoke and their yoke was their teachings. It was all of what they taught, all of what they instructed for their students to do. So think of this same thing, like this is what's binding them to their teacher. This is what's holding them fast, but it's also the work that they have to do. This is how you have to live. If you're going to be my disciple, you need to live by this yoke, by this teaching. So it's literally talking about this burden of Christ or his teaching, but it's a metaphor also of the the idea of submitting to him when we take his yoke on us we're saying okay i'm not going to go out there and plow the field my way and try and do this on my own i'm going to tether up with you jesus we're going to take this plow i'm going to take your yoke on me and then i'm going to do it your way. I'm going to submit to your will. I want to make you the Lord of my life. And it is an active word. When he says, take my yoke, he's saying, you have to pick it up. It's not just learn. It's not just listen to what God says. And this is where I think we get scripture wrong so often. We like to just learn about scripture. We like to just get the knowledge and I want a really good understanding of it, but then we don't pick it up and put it on. Right. We We come to church on Sunday and then we go and live our lives however we feel like it the rest of the week. Right. So when Jesus is saying here, 
take my yoke upon you. He's saying, don't just take what I'm teaching you, but pick it up, put it on your shoulders, carry it around a little bit, you know, do, do it, embody it. And in so doing, we're actually binding ourselves to Christ and he is sharing the load with us. And that's where that image was of the two oxen with my face and Jesus's face (laughs) was that he's now carrying this load with us. So you were talking a little bit, Brooklyn, before we started recording, just about surrendering and having a surrendered heart. And I think this is where um, where this leads us is is about surrender, is about submission. We have to submit to his way of doing things. Yeah, I, it is. And so surrender is really important when we when we do take this yoke upon ourselves because we can try to control and we can try to do things my way or make, mm. I sometimes try to feel safe by controlling mm-hmm. things like that, which mm-hmm. is why I get exhausted, which is why I need <laughs> Jesus and why I need to take mm-hmm. his yoke. Mm-hmm. So we have to surrender and give up our way to submit to him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 When he's saying like, pick this up, it comes back to what we were just saying, trust, right? Mm -hmm. Do you trust him? If you trust him, then are you willing to pick up his teachings and, and utilize them to guide what you're doing? Might mean give up what you thought originally. Right. And surrender. Right. right. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's about surrender and it's submission. The next phrase he says, you know, take my yoke upon you and let me teach you. I think this is where... uh, I don't know. To me, this is almost the crux of this whole passage. Mm -hmm. This is what I think we all need to stop and we need to think about. When he says, let me teach you, the question I want us to consider is, are we willing to be taught? Are we willing to be taught? Do we want to learn? We, we have to start here when we're learning about rest, when we're learning about life. Like, do I actually want a better way of living? Do I actually want that for my life? Am I happy with where I'm at? Am I happy with, you know, and I'm talking very personally right now. Am I happy with living burnt out? I was just reading in um, the book Sacred Rest that I'm reading about rest right now. And she said, I, w- I believe it was three. If you um, are deficient in three of the seven forms of rest, you are called clinically burnt out. I didn't know there was a clinical definition. Well, yeah, like this would be burnout if you're deficient in three. And I took her very simple quiz, and I think I told you I was deficient in six. So So she's double (laughs) clinically burnt out. (laughs) So people, um, so I am like, I'm coming to this from a place of, Karen, you have been living your way. You have been carrying your own yoke. You've been carrying the yoke of the world and the way the world tells you to live. Even the way that maybe the church tells me to live or the way the church has said, this is how you do ministry and you have to give it your all all the time. And you can't say no, and you can't take a break. And you, you know, like Mm -hmm. there, there's all of that. And Jesus is saying to me, saying to all of us, like, are you satisfied with that? Are you living the abundant life that I told you? Are you happy? Are you joyful? Are you peaceful? Do you feel rest? And for me, the answer is I'm lying if I say, yes, I'm, I'm okay with that. And yet I think I've been lying to myself for a long time. And you had to get to that spot 
to be right. willing to right. surrender what right. you knew. Yeah. I, for me, because I'm stubborn and prideful, I had to get to that place. But I think all of us are. Where where <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're on the verge of a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. and you need to do something differently. And yeah, we all we all do have pride. We all are stubborn, maybe not as stubborn and prideful as I am and maybe not as, um, yeah, prideful and stubborn. That Those are the only words I can use to describe myself is that <laughs> I will keep, you know, is that I was telling you that um, you know, when you're a new mom and you just keep powering through mm-hmm. and powering through, but you're exhausted, but it's what you have to do. You have to keep taking care of that baby. And for me, it's, I've been powering through and powering through often primarily on my own strength. Do I ask God, give me the strength? Yes. But am I actually living in his strength? No, because if I was living in his strength, I'd be taking up his yoke, which would mean I would be resting, which would mean I would have the strength to do what I was doing, you know? And so, so there's just this stubbornness and pride that I have not been willing to be taught. I have not been willing to say, um, you know, I'll say, Lord, you can be Lord of my life in some areas. Yeah, in this area, yeah. But I'm going to keep working the way I want to work because I like working, because I feel fruitful and because I feel fulfilled. And so I'm going to keep doing this part of my life. And so this is it. It's, am I willing to be taught? Am I willing to say, you are Lord of even my work. You are Lord of how I run this whole show. Like you're saying about control. Like I am going to give you control I'm going to learn from you. I'm willing to step back and say, there has to be a better way of living. And clearly you're God, so you probably know it. So you're you're <laughs> how many, almost three months into mm-hmm. this process, right? Of where mm-hmm. you've really mm-hmm. dove into it. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it was a one-time decision? Oh, no. <laughs> it, no, it's a daily decision. And even this week, I've felt myself so stressed and I'm thinking, you aren't resting well, like your, your stress level is building, you're not resting well. And part of that, you know, is that thing like the, the young mom who's just go, 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 I have to power, I have to power. And then you get a day where I don't know, your baby sleeps through the night. And so you get extra sleep. And for whatever reason, that extra sleep actually makes you feel more tired. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, all of a sudden, you realize, oh, my goodness, I was so tired. Or a college student, you know how they like, power through the whole semester. And then as soon as they go on Christmas break, they get sick. Yeah. Because their body lets down. And I think that's the point where I'm kind of at is that I'm finally letting my body rest, letting my guard down. And now I'm feeling how weary I actually am, how tired I actually am. And so it's like every moment there's this piece of me that wants to just pick up and start pushing through again because I don't like the feeling of feeling weary right now. Um, so it so is, you want to re-grasp that control. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, I don't like this. I feel worse right now. And I know that the result is coming eventually, but I also know that I'm going to have to work to get there and work at being rested and work at being in Christ, coming to him and letting him teach me. And we can't separate those two. We can't come 
and not learn from him. And we can't learn without coming to mm -hmm. him. We would have an unbalanced faith if we have mm -hmm. one or the other. Mm -hmm. Some people do, right? They just have the faith part. Like I just put my trust in you, but they don't ever learn from him. They don't ever submit to him, let him be Lord. And then there are people who learn, 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 but they don't really trust him. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. a very unbalanced faith. And his call is to do both. And that's where I think I'm learning right now is I have to trust him. I have to learn from him, but then I have to take that action step of picking it up, putting it on me and actually living it out. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Why? Why do we do this? And this part, I think for me, is just the strangest part of this whole passage, <laughs> right? <laughs> he says, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. Like what, what qualification is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm never going to go to a seminar of like a productivity expert because they're humble and gentle at heart. Right? Yeah. It's backwards <laughs> for what the world says. Though. Right. It's just like, wait, you're going to be, you want to be my teacher because you're humble and gentle. Like, no, how about because you are God and you know everything. Like tell and me that. Powerful. And then, yeah. then I'm going to trust you. Which are all true, but that's right. not the words he used to describe right. himself there. Yeah. And so why do you think he chose oh, those two words? Goodness, I, oh, that's more than two words, but. It yeah. is, right. <laughs> but, you know, I think maybe it's because he wanted to contrast himself with the teachers of that day. Mm. They were not humble and they were not gentle. You know, they were very prideful and they lorded it over the people where I'm thinking specifically of the Pharisees. You know, they, uh, he was so different than them. But if you think of them and the way that they lorded it over the people and you think of their yoke that was so burdensome, you know, they were like, the minutia of the law. They were like ripping it apart and making other laws and just making it so hard to live as a good Jew. Mm -hmm. So, so hard. And then you contrast that with, but I'm humble and I'm gentle. And for those of us, if we go back to the beginning, for all of us who are weary and heavy burdened, if I am so worn out with the way I've been living, do I want someone who's going to yell and scream at me and put it in my face that I'm not doing good enough? Or do I want someone who's going right. to come humbly and gently and say, I'm in this with you? Well, if I have the imagery again of, like you said, why do kids that are hurt come to their moms and cl crawl into their laps? Mm -hmm. It's not because they're going to yell at them. It's because they're mm -hmm. going to comfort them. Mm -hmm. They're going to help heal them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And these words here, I think, are really an interesting choice, too, when you look at the Greek, and I'll just touch on it briefly, but mm -hmm. it, the, the humble, actually, that word means God-reliant. So it means relying on God. So that would be something that would make a lot of sense for a human mm -hmm. to say, mm -hmm. but Jesus is God. You know, so it is, it's so like, he's saying, come to me because I'm doing things God's way. I'm, I'm reliant on God in what I'm teaching you. And then he's saying this gentle, and this is a biblical meekness, which meekness isn't always well-received in our society, but it's not a weakness. It, it refers rather to exercising God's strength under God's control. And so when I say, you know, like, this is God, and he should be like forcefully telling us like, do this, he's saying, I am God. I'm not going to force my way. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lord it over you and tell you this is how you should live. I'm going to come here meekly with gentleness and say, hey, guys, if you're open, 
come, come crawl in my lap. I've got a better way of doing this. Let's mm-hmm. do it together. Take, take my yoke. It's a baby styrofoam yoke compared to that heavy wooden yoke that the Pharisees have been giving you. I'm, I'm giving you something that's light. And he says, then you will find rest for your souls. And I think soul rest is what we're all longing for. Mm-hmm. It really, truly is. And we could be awesome at six, those six other types of rest, social rest, physical rest, mental rest. You know, we could be great, all of those. But if we don't get this soul rest, right, we're never going to be fully rested. And so this is, he's offering us something that we all want. We all crave, we all long for. We want that kind of rest. And it comes from submitting to his will. I don't know. It's it's so backwards and it's only going to be found when we submit to him. When we understand you were talking about striving. Mm-hmm. When we understand I don't have to strive. I don't have to be in control. I need to come to Jesus, crawl up in his lap. Yeah. And say, how do how do I do this? How how do I experience this soul rest? And he ends with saying you know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. We're familiar with this yoke. We understand that. But he's saying, when he says easy, he's saying the yoke that I have is well-fitting. It is kind and it's good. So the things, the the burden that he's giving us, the, the, the teaching that he's giving us, what he's asking us to do, it's well-fitted for us. He's not asking us to do something that's going to be hard and out of our nature and difficult and we're going to hate it. Right. <laughs> He's asking us to do something that is kind and good. And then we contrast the burden of the yoke of the Pharisees with the burden that he's giving us. It's not heavy. It's light. It's easy to carry. It's something that we can pick up and, and easily carry it. So let's go way, way back to where I said, I want to skip this. And he says, I'm giving you rest. I'm giving you rest. What does that look like? What does that look like to have that rest, that soul rest? And I think it's, I don't know. You can correct me and you can tell me what you think too. Okay. There is a rest, and this is what I was just saying about soul rest. There is a rest that this world cannot give. Mm-hmm. We will never find it in this world. It goes back to that Augustine quote that I said last mm-hmm. week, right? Our souls are restless until they find their rest in him. There is a peace in coming to Jesus, learning from Jesus, and then putting his yoke on that we cannot find in trying to live life our own way and trying to strive to do things his way, you know, and that's where I think I've been living, right? Is in that striving, is in that doing, going, being, thinking, well, I'm doing good things. Right. It's not going to be found in that. It's only found in coming to him and actually living the way he calls us to live. And he calls us to live such a different life than what our world says. I agree with you. 
I think that we can do. And like you were doing those things not to be bad. You were doing them for good Mm -hmm. and they were good and God did Mm -hmm. move within them. Mm -hmm. But when we do things to perform, like I was talking about earlier, like I do, um, it's not the same as doing things to be close to God. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. There's yeah. just a difference in checking things off and wanting just more of God. Right, right. And the rest comes from being with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I've preached this. How many times have I said the greatest thing we could ever get in this whole world is more of God. The greatest, we have to see God as the greatest reward, as the greatest thing that we can ever receive. And that's where this, that's where this is, is we have to understand that our rest is actually him. It is in being tethered to him, it is in being in closer relationship. It's having more of him in our lives. And when we come to him and we say, I want to do things your way. I want to be yoked to you. Give me more of you. We're going to get it. And in getting it, we get this inner peace Mm -hmm. that is rest. And we're not going to get it anywhere else. I agree. Mm. All right. So at the end of the day, at the end of this, where, where do we want people to be now? What is our action step? Where, what is our heart step? What, what do we walk away with? Cause we, we have a lot of knowledge yeah, here. There this was a passage. Lot here. Besides simply saying rest in him. Right. Right. How do you, how do you rest in him? What does that look like for you? As you're kind mm-hmm. of more on this journey this year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. You know, I said to you right before we started, turn this on, the word that I keep hearing is linger. Mm. The word that I keep hearing is linger. And I think our society is so fast paced and so scheduled that we miss out on God because we're not willing to linger and to wait for him to come, for him to show up, for his presence to be manifested, for him to work, whatever it is. And so for me, I think... Um, right now, how I'm resting is lingering. I'm trying to be slower. I'm trying to be more prayerful. I mean, way more prayerful right now and just waiting, waiting, waiting. Yeah, mine is similar. I, right now I'm doing the same, the words that are for me are slow and simple, but Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same idea of not planning my schedule so tight Mm -hmm. that I have no time Mm -hmm. to actually hear from God. I have scheduled time with God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that doesn't make time to allow for him to move as Mm -hmm. much as I want. So I guess our action step could be to slow down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Slow down. And it's hard. And I know we are resistant to it. Trust me. I have resisted it for a long time until I got to the place where God literally is like, you're going to Mm -hmm. right now. You're going to slow down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think for all of us, it's, it, it comes to those two things come and then the learn from me, take my yoke upon you, which I guess is kind of three things, but um, that's, it's, I guess your action step is, are you willing to learn? Are you wanting life to be different? Are you ready to take his yoke? Mm-hmm. That's, 
that's where it boils down. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to leave you with those questions. And if you get together with a friend or with your life group, these are going to be hard questions that we need to wrestle with. But I think we have to say, because some of us aren't, and some of us are going to fight it and resist it. But if we want that rest, that's what it's where we got to be. We mm -hmm. got to say, okay, God, <laughs> my we way isn't to surrender. My way isn't enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we may have left you with more questions and answers right now, and that's okay. I think sometimes we need questions, and we need mm -hmm. to sit in the questions, and we need to sit in the uncertainty, and we need to sit with um, just the recognition of our own pride. I mean, that's just where that's where I've been, and just realizing my way, even though I thought it was the best way, maybe wasn't, and maybe God wants to teach me a new way, and am I willing to learn? Am I willing to learn? So... All right. We love you all. We are praying for you all. We hope that you all will find rest in this next week. And until we see you again, keep looking, looking above. above.